0: have a few more people join. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get the program started for today. Um, just before we do, just a quick and obvious housekeeping uh, message since we're still, uh, well, we're all dialing in today. Just make sure that your microphone um, is on mute, uh, especially for the first part of today's presentation. Don't assume it is on, please. <laughs> just check very quickly. Um, and we will be able to uh, unmute later as we go into more of the discussion part of today's presentation, but... Um, Quick check would be greatly appreciated. So, um, thanks for joining us today uh, for the program. Um, and today's program is being jointly organized by Cornet New York City Chapters uh, Committee, sorry, I should say uh, PropTech and Occupiers Forum Committee. And today's um, presentation is actually going to be part one of a series of events which will be exploring the metaverse. Um, today's particular session is going to be focused on the end user and occupiers, which is why we only open uh, open today's event up to that particular part of our membership. Um, And if you're not a member, uh, welcome. Hopefully, you'll you'll get a lot out of today's session. Um, So we're going to look at the applications of the metaverse uh, to the corporate real estate sector from an end user's point of view and and, and what that looks like in the future. So um, the first part of our program today, we're going to be joined by two fantastic speakers. So Canal Luna Watt will start off the conversation today with an explanation of uh, what the metaverse is and what it's not. Um, Canal is the co-founder and managing director of Agure Ventures, which is a real estate technology focused venture capital firm. And our second speaker today will be Peter Van Emberg. Peter's a senior vice president um, of a small real estate company called CB Richard Ellis, CBRE. <laughs> Hope you don't mind the dig, Peter. Um, but Peter's going to discuss some really interesting applications of the metaverse to commercial real estate, as well as share some of his team's experience, like recent experience uh, in developing a virtual workplace for CBRE employees. I'm, I personally am very interested to see how you and your team have gone about that. And for the second part of our program, we're going to actually have two breakout sessions to noodle on the following questions, given um, what we'll hear from the speakers. First question is going to be, uh, what are you most curious about and what are some of the learnings uh, uh, from the the presentation? So a bit of, I guess, a recap on what we've learned and a discussion there. Um, And the second question, which will be in a separate breakout room, is given an opportunity, which use case uh, of the metaverse would you like to implement? in your world of work when you new world of work so it's going to be a fantastic and fascinating program and without further ado i'm going to uh, hand it over to you canal to to get us
1: started awesome thanks thanks ryan i'm going to share my screen again Um, great, um, it's great to be here um, and uh, over the next 10 minutes, um, uh, we've been spending a lot of time on kind of digging deep into what the metaverse is, um, and hopefully we'll give you uh, somewhat of an understanding into what we've been thinking about. Um, so we, we kind of get asked all the time what the hell is metaverse, and kind of take you to the origins of that, um, I think it was really in October 28, 2021, um, last year uh, when um, this happened Uh, Mark Zuckerberg rebranded his company, uh, Meta, um, which was essentially, um, you know, an indication in terms of uh, the focus of Facebook moving forward, but they were making a big, uh, big move into the metaverse. Um, And sure enough, as you can see here, uh, since the announcement that afternoon, uh, there were memes that started coming out. Uh, And this was part of, you know, the buzz that the internet generated around the metaverse. Uh, Twitter uh, started trolling uh, Facebook. Uh, they came out almost uh, looking to change the name. And it was around this time also, if you look at this graph, uh, uh, we did a Google uh, Google search here, um, which was um, across the trends line. Um, if you see around October, there was a increased interest in terms of people trying to search for what the metaverse is. So you see the spike, which corresponds to October 28th. Um, where people are just more excited and curious um, in terms of finding out what this exactly entailed, Uh, which is also around the same time when we as a fund started to dig deep into what uh, this was about and what the applications could be for the real estate world. Um, So I thought it might be instructive to start with first what it's not. Um, You know, there's been a lot of buzz around um, if the metaverse could be an entirely different construct in terms of how we engage with the internet. Um, and if it could be an entirely different kind of internet itself. Um, I think one of the most precise uh, definitions of what the metaverse is not, uh, that we've come across has been from Vishal, uh, who's the VP of metaverse at Meta, uh, where he says that it's not a new internet, uh, it's not a new set of protocols, and it's not an entirely new foundation in which the in- internet's created or functions. What it's also not is it's not, Uh, just a headset or a piece of hardware device. Uh, A lot of people think that, you know, the metaverse is at the end of the day going to be a set of VR or AR headsets that we are going to put on top of our noses and we are going to experience an augmented reality or virtual world. And it's also not that. And at this juncture, kind of three or four months out since Facebook made that uh, announcement, um, you know, what we can say is uh, we have some understanding of what it could be. So what it could be is uh, simply put a new way to experience the internet today. And here's, um, I think something that's worth kind of honing in on is today the way we primarily experience the internet is that we look at it. In the future, the metaverse promises for us to be inside the internet. Um, Now, what does that mean? And we want to unpack this bit a little more in terms of what it means to be inside the internet. Um, so uh, let's let's kind of spend a couple of minutes here, which is uh, today the way you know everyone on the internet experiences the internet is um, we email, we text, uh, we go on e-commerce websites, we do property tours, uh, we're on a Zoom call right now, and and one of the fundamental attributes of this aspect of the internet is that we're staring at each other. Uh, if you were to ask me, I think this Zoom call is kind of ten years too old. Right, because it lacks the immersion, the interaction layer, the engagement that could be possible a few years from now. Uh, but this is the fundamental premise of the Internet today, right, uh, which is uh, we are looking at each other and we're staying at the Internet and it seems a little transactional. The conversational does not flow as well. Uh, the engagements, you know, when one person's speaking, the other person cannot speak or see his or her body language. Um, and, and and that's what I think the metaverse might end up solving for, uh, which is this. Um, it'll hopefully create more immersive experiences um, which are built in the virtual world and that we get to experience through our avatars. Um, and there are three, uh, three attributes here that as of now are the core tenets of what the metaverse will promise from a philosophical standpoint. Our interactions will be marked by co-presence. They'll be continuous and they'll be more conversational in nature. Uh, we'll have a look at a couple of videos for the next uh, 30 seconds or so to kind of dive deep into you know, what these three attributes mean. But if there's one thing that we take away from what the metaverse is, is when we think about an experience or a product in the metaverse, uh, the metaverse will make these three things happen. Which today the internet is not able to uh, justify in its own way. Um, So let's look at those videos and I'll come back to kind of distill what these uh, mean further. Uh, The first video I'll play is actually uh, that of a virtual concert that David Guetta had um, in sandbox I would say seven to ten days ago Um, and we actually attended the concert Um, and you'll see Someone's avatar there, and there are other avatars engaging with the avatar uh, in, in, in a manner that you would in a party. So I'll play that now. So if you see, um, let's go back to this video. Um, this is an avatar. These are the real avatars. Uh, the music's playing, and if you would have a high resolution video at this point, Um, we could actually pan around and go see who else is attending. We could see David Guetta's persona there and we could immerse ourselves. Um, This is not a good manifestation of what the metaverse could be, but this is where the technology is today. Uh, What I'll do is the next video will show you where this could be 12 months from now, which is presumably a more high resolution version and a high fidelity version of an avatar in a virtual environment. Uh, this video was taken from a video game and sourced from Intel's website. So as you can see, you know, this gentleman here um, feels more lifelike. Uh, the environment feels more real. Let's play it again. Um, and this kind of comes closer to, you know, some of the things that might resemble an office Google conversation or a happy hour in a more immersive setting. Right. And this has already been done in the gaming world today. Uh, So the question is, how do we bring that in an office setting or a retail setting? Uh, Which goes on to, you know, let's go back to this slide for a couple of minutes. So as we saw in those videos, there were more than one avatar there, right? It was a virtual world, uh, but there were multiple people there. Um, The second trait was it was continuous. Uh, what we mean by that is uh, today, if you do a property tour that's virtual, uh, we see one aspect of the property tour by ourselves, but the broker is not there. Uh, so that's what we mean by continuous co-present, uh, a conversation that's happening in a continuous fashion with co-presence with someone else around. And because uh, there were people inside the virtual world together in a continuous fashion, it was more conversational at some point. Right, I could go walk up to someone at the metaverse at David Guetta's concert and have a conversation with them, uh, either through video or through chat. And this is how the metaverse starts taking shape uh, in helping us build more immersive experiences. Um, go over some closing thoughts in terms of you know questions that we get asked all the time, uh, which is how much of this is hype versus reality. Um, I think we're still at that stage where part of it is hype, but part of it is transcending into reality pretty fast. And there are really two drivers here. Uh, There's been tremendous amounts of capital that have been deployed both by big tech and VCs. Uh, but more than that, you know, more than the capital, it's really some excellent, uh, uh, like some really sharp minds working in the space. And a lot of these minds are trying to bridge the gap between the physical world and the digital world. Uh, the Second thing we get asked is, is the technology there to make this quite immersive? As we saw in the first two videos, the first video is what the real world is. Uh, the second video is what it could be. It's not quite there yet, uh, but we're compounding at a pretty fast rate. And the key here is it's, it's, it's not easy to see what the compounding rate is until the tech becomes ubiquitous. So it very well might be the case when six to 12 months, we are looking at a digital environment or virtual world that's, uh, that's mind bogglingly close to our physical world. And at that point, it might be too late um, for us to start thinking about. Um, As real estate stakeholders, how should we start thinking about the metaverse? Um, I think there are really two prisms. Uh, One, uh, what are the interactions in our workflows today that we can augment by the metaverse? So are we doing a lot of Zoom calls? Are we compromising office culture because of these Zoom calls? And is, is there a better way to kind of have those Zoom calls? So that's one prism, uh, especially in the office world. And then the second prism, which we are seeing manifest more in the luxury brands retail world, is how can we use the metaverse um, as a connective tissue between the digital world and the real world? And what that really means is, uh, say, we have a shopping mall in Decentraland. Uh, If folks attend the digital shopping mall and do a certain set of things, can they get access to special discounts and benefits At the shopping mall on Fifth Ave. So you're creating a bridge between the digital world and the real world. And again, because of Metaverse's underlying technology, that becomes easier. And then, what are some of the real use cases? I think this is a great segue to Peter's uh, presentation as well. So I'll pause there. Um, But what I would end with is um, Kathy has written a lot on the Metaverse, and something that she said was along the lines of, you know, Uh, The metaverse in some ways is about the internet breaking free from the rectangles in our hands. Um, But at the end of the day, it's also us breaking free from the internet as we've known it all this while, which is staring at our screens and having those impersonal, uh, less immersive conversations. Um, So with that, I'll hand it to Peter.
2: Great. Thank you so much, Kunal. That was really informative. I appreciate it. I believe you're continuing to run here. All right. Um, So, like Kunal started his presentation on October 28th was the key date, right? My date was December 16th, which was the date that Bob Selenik, my CEO, reached out and said, PVE where does the metaverse play into all the work you're doing around future work and running corporate real estate? So I did what anyone does in my position, like a lot of people on this call, and I quickly Googled metaverse <laughs> because I had no idea where to start. And here we are two months later, and what we have uh, gotten to is our initial pilot and proof of concept uh, version of our version of a metaverse as it applies to corporate real estate. And so that's what I'll talk about a little bit today. And what you're looking at here is one of the first interactions I had with my team, Patsy Kessler's um, one of my right hands. She's on the left. She kind of had this Kate Gosselin hairstyle in her avatar on the right. Brooke Carey is my head of project management. She said, what do I look like? And I was laughing hysterically because I said, you look like a male version of Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos. And um, so we've had a lot of lessons along the way, and this has been a lot of fun. Now, what this is not, just as Kunal talked about what it is and what it is not, I'm not going to get into NFTs that I still don't understand. I'm not getting into Jamestown buying a Decentraland version of Times Square. This is really focused on at least what I'm learning and interacting with different subject matter experts, how we can apply this to corporate real estate and to ourselves. So if you go to the next slide, December 16th, what really kicked off and piqued uh, my CEO's interest was the fact that Accenture, in their earnings report, said they had just procured 40,000 Oculus 2 devices to send to all new employees. That's a lot of these crazy little headsets. And so we engaged Accenture kind of to understand why. What, what is, how is this playing into your future of work? And theirs was purely centered around the second one, around learning and development. They have other use cases, but that was the main driver for them. Whereas as part of onboarding, instead of sending 40,000 people to a training campus somewhere in the middle of a pandemic, it's part of the onboarding experience. If you Google or look at TikTok or Instagram Accenture unboxing, you'll see new employees open up their box. It's a laptop and the Oculus goggles. And as they go through the onboarding experience, it is done virtually, consistently, and in this kind of connected environment and connected experience with their colleagues. Now that's a great use case, but that's not perfect for my business. We don't hire all like 40,000 22 year olds. We have a lot of dinosaur brokers in my business. And so we really want to uncover, you know, what could be our use cases. And the three that really resonated for CBRE and for at least what I'll talk about are collaboration, which I'll get back to. Learning and development, we need to do a lot of work in driving a consistent learning and development globally. So my chief people officer is focused on exploring ways that just like Accenture, we could uh, engage in some sort of metaverse environment for onboarding some events, learning and development. Uh, It doesn't replace in-person learning. No one would argue that, but it's just one layer better than two-dimensional on your desktop one of these crazy trainings we all have to do third on wellness we are actually doing this right now i'm building out a new office in charlotte um and we have a whole focus on well-being indoor air quality and all curated learning and experiences so we're going to have oculus business oculus devices there so employees can go and you put this goggle on and um uh, Supernatural, I think, is the program, and you can immerse yourself doing yoga on the beaches of Bali or on the Great Wall of China or do some sort of crazy exercise movement like the guy in the picture. Could be a little hokey-dory for me, but we're going to try it out. Um, but what is really, really interesting, is when you put that headset on, if you haven't already, there is a sensorial neural component to it. So as you're doing yoga on the beach of Bali, you can listen to the waves crash. And me being the weirdo I am, I just kept going further into the ocean to see what would happen. And then it gets really deeper because you're like drowning yourself in the water. But it's well-being. So going back to collaboration, so this is the kind of use case I've centered on. Um, You know, we all do corporate real estate as our core business. So how could we create this collaborative environment to host meetings for ourselves and our clients? And what I have found in discussing with Accenture kind of the aha moment for me, at least. Remember in Kunal's video, you had the, the music video and all these like goofy avatars dancing around? Accenture, when they built their metaverse, it's very futuristic. It's got a Chiang Mai waterfall airport feature. Pretty cool, but it's just like hard to get your head around it because it's just so futuristic. We really centered on the idea of creating digital twins of your office and really going off a familiar environment first, and then creating a digital version of it that's even better. So go to the next slide. So CBRE, our core business is real estate. So I really wanted to look at how to replicate a physical environment that is familiar to people and then create almost a twin. Although my IT people say, don't call it digital twin. I know it's a different term, uh, connotation. So, but create a, a replica of it that is even better virtually. What do you mean by even better? So, if you look on the upper left, there's a floor plan of our uh, CBRE HANA co-working office in Dallas. A lot of people go in there for meetings. They plan. They collaborate. It's pretty cool. But how do we make it better? Well, the things we kept are it's hospitable. Uh, It's not a hospital. Uh, The warmth, texture, materiality, uh, a variety of collaboration spaces and some great branding elements. You can put in videos and PowerPoint presentations. We have a functional outdoor deck already, so we replicated that. What do we do better? Well, it's virtual. So this is on the second floor of the park district in Dallas on Clyde Warren Park. I said, well, put it on the top floor. Doesn't need to be on the second floor. Let's make the ceiling height even bigger. You know, what? let's throw a fire pit on that balcony. Why not? You know, Let's do a virtual coffee cooler. Let's have private chat zones. When you go into a conference room, you actually have that privacy in that private moment.
3: Um,
2: And you can get rid of building columns. You can get rid of workstations. You get rid of furniture with arms. I'll get back to that. If you're curious, tight corridors, some of the walls, like I, I did a huge project room on the far left of that floor plan on floor three rather. And I just, I only need one wall because virtually I can throw up a virtual whiteboard and virtual sticky notes. So you don't really need to be confined to all four walls. Um, so we engaged a, uh, I'm not in a position to hire 400 video game designers like Accenture did. So we've engaged an architecture partner that is on the bleeding edge of this and has the practice on helping us really take a physical space, take the Revit model, convert it to the virtual world and make it better with the different design enhancements that we are, um, that we're looking for. So go to the next slide. Um, you wouldn't mind. So this is a sneak peek of what ours looks like. Now, if I were to show you a picture of this space, it looks so similar. But it was Hana, co-working brand. Uh, You know, my name's on the lease. So I just changed it with the CBR logo. I kept the herringbone floors and the texture, the materiality. Again, you'll notice we're really high up in these views because I threw out drones to capture the, the skyline views from the top floor of the building instead of being confined to the third floor that we HANA is really based in. So if you care about a Dallas skyline, you can see that through the windows. And we have places of collaboration where you just like kind of like you get in the controllers and you click and point and you can sit in that Herman Miller Geiger furniture. You can go out to the fire pit on the balcony with this views of Dallas. What you'll hear is the fire crackling by the fire pit, the wind rustling. And as your colleague, like Patsy with the Kate Gosselin hair, comes up behind me and she says, PBE, I hear it in my left ear and you turn and she's right there. And it's just like a really big aha moment that, again, does not replace the in-person experience at all. But this is just another tool, another arsenal in our toolkit that is goes beyond a bridge line, a Zoom video screen. And just another way that we can collaborate do planning sessions with our team right now um, and really the goal of where we're taking this is to create a space where we can do planning session brainstorming sessions with our clients um, we're going to work with one of our business units they have an expiring lease and just as we engage them and say you know let's code develop and co-design code what kind of art do you want do you want the Industrial look? Do you want the modern finish? All modern finishes, all the things that we do in corporate real estate. But this time, we're going to co-design and co-develop a virtual space. So they're like, "I want a jungle room." All right, we'll make you a jungle room. You know, I want uh, the beach scene of Bali to collaborate with my clients. All right, we can do that. And so, obviously, we want to bridge the line of getting too crazy or too outlandish, but really create some value as a way to. Embrace this sort of virtual and immersive experience that is grounded in a familiar place like our CBRE Dallas office um, that looks familiar, but it's even better. So that's a little bit about our journey. Um, I will say real quick, if you flip to the final slide, um, you can see that's my avatar. Of course, he's got a stronger jawline, probably 6'5", really handsome. Uh, So you can make these avatars better uh, than in real life as well. Um, I will say, just being totally transparent, this is not without its challenges. Um, You know, uh, uh, Oculus used to have Oculus for business, which was secure and network friendly. They've put a pause on that at the moment. So what does that mean? You can get the commercial grade one. I stole my son's Oculus device that he got under the tree from Santa, and which is fine, but that makes d and and our IT people a little bit nervous. Plus you would then have to require your users to have a Facebook account. That makes a lot of us nervous too. I have deleted my Facebook account, others I'm sure too. So there is a lot of movement and momentum as Kunal was saying, the next 12 months are gonna be insane in this space as the quality of the images get better. But it also I think we're still looking for the scalable and enterprise ready solution, um, because it's just a heavily fragmented uh, industry at the moment, but it's fun. Buckle up.
4: Thank you very much, Peter and Kunal. I think that was, uh, you know, it pumped me up. I don't know about others, but uh, we really think that there are a lot of opinions and thoughts uh, as we are at the learning stage of this metaverse world, right? So which is why we are going to break it out into smaller breakout sessions. First one will be for the 10 minutes. And that's where we just want to brainstorm about your curiosities or your learnings or any thoughts or discussions you are having. Uh, And after that 10 minute session, you will be thrown into another 20 minute session where we really want to push ourselves in a hypothetical or even in real uh, scenarios, right? Where your organizations have thought about it or you personally would uh, thought about putting the use cases into your business model. Right. So those uh, will be getting into the uh, breakout sessions really soon. I'm assuming that it has already started because I'm seeing people going in and out. So, Carolina, if you can help us break into the smaller groups, we would love to kick in some discussions and gather thoughts from this group. Wow, we had some great, great points discussed, uh, so four of us, who wants to go first? Laura, do you want to go first and sum it up for us in what, what you discussed in your group?
5: Oh gosh, sure. Um, we had a really interesting conversation. I think the consensus was that um, the metaverse is not going to replace Uh, anything in real life, we still see that as being, especially with the limitations of technology today, we still see that kind of the predominant um, goal is to to get together in person wherever we can. But this is going to be a really helpful accentuation or extension. Um, And a couple of the more tangible use cases that I, I think we aligned on were Um, and Lori had mentioned this actually earlier, is maybe not uh, shipping oculuses to everyone in their homes to replace the experience of going into the office, um, but supplementing the office experience by being able to collaborate with people um, while you're in your physical office that may be sitting in other offices or maybe in um, other stakeholder companies. So if you will, everyone's sitting around uh, a virtual conference room in uh, CBRE's New York office, but we're collaborating with colleagues that are in our London office and colleagues that are in our Dallas office. Um, And so that way companies can invest in an XR space um, that's allowing for those capabilities without maybe um, some of the limitations that Peter mentioned in terms of needing to like mass invest in hundreds and hundreds of oculuses and ship them out to folks' houses where they don't have IT support. Um, and then the last thing is um, that we think that there's just a lot of concerns around the fact that it's it's unregulated. It actually does cost money, so there's a lot of like secondary markets that are cropping up um, where you are buying for things within the metaverse. Um, and so we're just interested to see how kind of the rules evolve to make sure that it's a safe place uh, for po- folks to be.
4: Great summary, Brigitte, do you want to go next?
5: Sure,
1: I'd love to. So um, I'm just going to quickly introduce the, um, the scribes because in each of our sessions we uh, identified scribes and people that were going to report literally. so I'll let them speak. but. Uh, Just as a summary, Peter is going to speak uh, around some of the conversations we had around the crypto and buying land and in the metaverse, which was a very interesting conversation and see where this is going to take us in the future. And the second part was uh, with Matt and Matt had some great um, input around like what does that mean for experience, connectivity, uh, inclusivity, belonging and cost. So um, let's start with uh, Peter, please.
3: Sure. Um, So... Our the beginning of our conversation started around the not physical, but but where these conversations are going to take place within the different um, instances of the metaverse, like Decentraland, for example. They have a x amount of of plots of land that you that they sell or rent out for you know however much they deem necessary, and the value of these lands will be based off of the exclusivity and and other factors that go into it. Um, and then also it came up about the types of transactions that happen in these in these plots of land, and and, ha- and that they're they're going to be based off of different types of cryptocurrency, perhaps they're application based, or it just depends on the usage and and what the goal is of of the transaction that they're trying to do within those plots. Um, it's built on the new Web three technology that is really um, you, you'll be able to to substantiate your proof of ownership which is um, you know, all accountable through the blockchains. And, and it, again, it depends on, on where they're built. Um, there's a big hesitation, obviously, towards a new way of interacting like this, because it can definitely feel like we're straying away from traditional business and, they, and we don't want to do that, especially for how many people we're trying to catch up to the technology and get them excited about. Um, virtual real estate is already prevalent that, you know, there's many efficiencies that can be improved upon with interacting with these environments, like being able to tour rendered spaces instead of um, just seeing, you know, implants of people bought, stuck around these spaces to make it look like it's, it's live. Um, yeah, and, and parallel to the real world, there's just digital, comparable, exclusive events, you know, that are limited and that you can sell tickets for. There's, there's equivalencies in the metaverse that could represent something in the real world um, we mentioned there's a there's a mention in Miami that's really exclusive and then it's, it's already built out in in the metaverse equivalent of that. And um, I think Brigitte can can touch a little more on that, but that's that's about as far as we got before we got kicked out of our first session.
1: Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much. Matt, would you like to share your our findings?
6: Yeah, cognizant of time here, so I'll, I'll jump in quickly. I think when we talk about opportunity and use cases for us, I think at the top of mind is, Probably some of the ones that feel a bit more ubiquitous, right? Replacing annual meetings, um, new offices are streamlined, 3D plan review, tours, a more tactile way for people to engage with product that's not in person, um, which is challenging now. Um, And then I think on the experience side, you know, we're talking about augmenting uh, what the experience is for employees, either in person or not in person, having gone to a location or not. Um, There is definitely some interest there for us to to understand what that looks like. We also talked a little bit about cost profile uh, in this new way, who's making the investment, how does that investment work, what's the ROI, how do you gather information about uh, whether or not people are adopting any of this, Um, if it impacts their feeling of belonging. Uh, And then I think there's a question on on the back end about inclusivity, Um, how do you make this uh, in terms of your sort of global outreach to a more distributed fashion, um, that you're not excluding people who live in network insecure locations. Uh, Etc. That's a big consideration for us as well. And then we talked a little bit about personal versus business kind of focused um, applications of this. What what will be uh, what you do outside of work? You know, are you shopping in a digital mall versus what is relevant for for your brand ideology and um, um, kind of the applications from a, a, a business perspective?
0: Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Um, As you mentioned, I'm just a little cognizant of time. Um, So just uh, end with a couple of closing words here. And firstly, just wanted to give um, Canal and Peter a huge thank you for your contributions today. That was super interesting. Um, A lot of people in my two breakout rooms really got a lot out of what you both had to say. So thank you very much. Um, And the second thing I will say is I think a lot of people are curious to learn a lot more. And there will be two more sessions on this topic, which will be open to a broader group. I think it was very valuable to have end users only in this discussion. But I'm curious to hear what other people in our industry and an ecosystem think. So stay tuned um, for those events. I I just think there's a lot more to dig into here. But um, thank you all for coming today. Uh, I hope you found it really useful. Uh, Again, thank you to our speakers. And um, we'll hopefully look forward to seeing you for part two and three on on this topic. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you so
4: much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye.